Uh, my name's Travis. I'm one of the pastors here at Church on the Rock. Our senior pastors, Pastor John and Miss Linnell, they are in Mississippi, and they are having a great Christmas with Pastor John's side of the family. Amen. And so we're just praying they're going to have a great time of rest. Pastor John will be back uh, next weekend for our three uh, normal weekend services, which will be, you know, shorter. We'll have kids. We'll have glow lights. It'll be awesome. So make sure you come. But uh, Pastor John will be back next weekend, and uh, we look forward to that. Amen? Amen. We're going to have fun this morning. Does that sound good? Man, if we're here, we might as well, right? Might as well have fun. Um, how many people are excited for Christmas in, in about seven days? A few of y'all? Awesome, awesome. How many people uh, still have a little bit of shopping to do? Okay. How, how many people got a lot of shopping to do? Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, listen, we are so uh, pumped up for this season. This is my favorite season. I, I love Thanksgiving. I love Christmas. Um, I, I love getting a couple days off. Hello. Any students in the house you like being out of school for two weeks? There's no students in here. Uh, parents, I'll tell you this, your grocery bill will go up over the next uh, two weeks. I bless you with that. It'll happen. Um, but listen, I, I love, you know, just being around family and friends, opening a couple presents. It's great. But how many of us know the most important thing is, is what? It's Jesus celebrating his birth, celebrating what he came to do. Amen? Um, you know, how many people can remember when you were a kid and you really wanted a special Christmas present? Anybody in the house? You know, um, I can remember being young and just wanting a bicycle or wanting maybe a, it was a, a video game thing or maybe you wanted a, a Red Rider BB gun or, or something like that. And if you were like me, um, a week or two before Christmas, you were on your best behavior. Right? You're trying to make up for the other 50 weeks that you weren't on your best behavior, but you're trying for your parents to really see you act pretty good so you may get that special gift. And so you're acting nice, you're being friendly, you're taking out the trash, you're being nice to your siblings. And if you get that one special gift, come on, it was worth it. Amen? It was worth it. Right? Um, I can remember when I was probably 10 years old, um, I wanted something really bad. It was a trampoline. Okay, like a big trampoline, and I can remember giving hints. You remember the Christmas story movie where he's like giving hints about his BB gun? I'm giving hints. I'm talking about it, and sure enough, for Christmas that year, I got a trampoline. It was amazing. I only fell off once or twice. It was awesome. Um, how many people have gotten like a, a kind of a, a, I don't know, an unusual gift before? None of y'all. If you've never gotten an unusual gift, you're the one that gives unusual gifts. Right? Um, but I can remember, this is funny, it has nothing to do with the message at all. Um, but when I was, uh, I don't know, seven, six years old, uh, my dad got me a boomerang. Y'all know what a boomerang is? You throw it, and if you throw it correctly, it's supposed to come back and you can catch it, and it's awesome. And uh, I can remember getting this boomerang and going out in the yard and throwing it, and it just wouldn't come back. Throwing it, it just wouldn't come back. And, I just, and finally, I got my dad out there, and he's like, let me show you how to do it. And he's throwing it, it won't come back. Well, it turns out we go look back at like what I, I ripped this out of, and it was, it was not a boomerang. It was the end of a hockey stick. <laughs> True story. Hockey sticks, when you throw them, do not come back around. You know? Here's the deal. Uh, I want to talk about something kind of like that, not trampolines, not boomerangs. But as much as we long for Christmas to get here, there were people that waited a lot longer than us. Come on. 
not just for the holiday, not just for a break from school, not just to get off work for a day or two, not just to open a present, but they were waiting for a deliverer to come, for the Messiah to come. Uh, Pastor John hit this really well last week. I'm not going to go into great detail, but hundreds, over 300 Old Testament prophecies prophesied that a Messiah would come. Uh, The book of Isaiah has multiple prophecies from where he's going to be born in Bethlehem to how he's going to be oppressed. And and Micah uh, is a prophet that gives prophecies. Over 300 prophecies over 700 years before Christ told that Christ would come. Amen? Not only that he would come, but that he would redeem mankind. Aren't you grateful that Jesus came and he redeemed mankind? Yeah, what I want to do this morning is I want to read part of the Christmas account, and I want to look at a few things that stick out to me. Because check it out, this time of year can, can be good. We can, we can have presents and we can have family time, um, or this time can be great and we really focus in and draw near to God. Amen? How many people know Christmas season can be, be very commercialized? It really can be. And if you're not careful, you can get so much into just the spirit of the culture that is very anti-Christ. And we can make this more about presents and we can make this more about all that other stuff. And I'm not saying presents and Christmas trees and all that's bad. But if we do not draw near to Jesus during this season, man, we've wasted a great opportunity to come close to Christ. Amen. Think about what Jesus did. It was such a big deal. I mean, if you go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, God created Adam and Eve. He created them perfectly. He created them with the free will. We know what happens. Uh, Sin came in. They chose sin. How many of us, we've chose sin? Thirteen of y'all have chose sin, uh, but the rest of us have not chosen sin at all. (laughs) Lie, which is a sin. but listen, once that sin came in, the relationship that mankind had with God was, was different. It, because God is such a good and faithful God. When we sin, that relationship, that connection, that fellowship, it was, it was broken. And so in the Old Testament for thousands of years to cover the sins of the people, because how many people know sin has consequences, Animals would be slaughtered. They would be sacrificed in a temple once a time a year to atone for the sins of people. And even though that was, that was good because God, you know, they, people could still, you know, not die in their sin. They would be covered. But how many people know an animal's blood does not restore relationship? It does not restore fellowship to God? So I can see God in heaven finally like just being tired of this. Like, listen, I'm tired of the animal slaughter. I'm tired of not having relationship with you because of sin. I'm going to send my son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sins. Jesus came into the earth not to just do miracles, not to just teach, but he came with one purpose, and that was to die to atone for our sins. Are you grateful today? I'm grateful that's what he did. That's what we celebrate, right? The only way for God to restore the broken relationship was to send Jesus, and I'm grateful for that. Pastor John said this last week, but literally, Jesus' birth changed history. It really did. Whether you're an atheist or a pagan or whatever, people on December 25th at least have to stop and acknowledge Jesus. Right? This is a great time of year to draw near to God, but it's also a great time of year to tell people about Jesus. Come on, with that being said today, I want to look at a quick passage that's within this Christmas account, and I want to look specifically at these guys called the Magi. Say Magi. 
These men were very important to the Christmas story, and God mentions them for a reason. And we're going to take a deeper look at their lives, and I believe it's going to help us in this season draw near to God. Throughout this message, we're going to look at particularly four key things that the Magi did that if we'll do this Christmas season, we will have a deeper revelation of God's love and we'll draw closer to God. Sound good? Either way, that's what I'm talking about. So let's pray. Lord, we love you. You are good. As we're about to read your word, I pray that it would hit its mark. Lord, your word is truth. I pray that uh, my words would be anointed and Lord, there'd be a voice within my voice to to just speak to us. We need you so much. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Reading from Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 2, here's what the Bible says. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, say Magi, from the east, say east, came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one that has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. Jump down to verse 7. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure, and they presented him with gifts of gold, of incense, or frankincense, and of myrrh. And having been warmed in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Can you say amen? All of us are probably very familiar with this passage. It's a great passage. Again, we're looking at four key things that the Magi did that we should do as well. And if we will do them, we're going to draw near to God this season. And that's a good thing. Okay? So let's look at these Magi. First of all, these many translations say wise men. It's the same people. Uh, it's commonly, at least in our nativity scenes, that there was three wise men, three Magi, three kings. Um, we don't know how many there were, but we know that these guys were uh, of great stature. They were rich. They were from the east, and they looked to the stars. Uh, they were astronomers or magicians. Okay? So kind of a little background there for you. So here's point number one. The first thing that these magi did was follow something that they didn't fully understand, yet they followed and believed anyway. As I mentioned earlier, these guys were from the east. These guys were probably not Jews, right? These guys were not Hebrews. They weren't from Israel, and they probably were not descendants of Abraham. They came from a culture that didn't worship only one God, and yet they follow a star, and they come to Jesus. How awesome is this? Most people believe that they came from one of three places, either Babylon or Persia or Arabia, Okay, that's, that's where most people think that these guys came from, okay? So my question has to be this, and, and I personally believe that they came from Babylon, and I'll tell you why here in just a second, but why did these guys show up at the birth of Christ? 
I mean, was it just happenstance that this star that had never appeared just showed up and it was brighter than the other stars and it, it basically led them to the Savior of the world? No. God orchestrated this, okay? So the question again, how did they show up? Well, I told you that I think and a lot most scholars believe that they came from Babylon in the east. Well, if you go back 600 years to Babylon, uh, there were some interesting things that happened, particularly between Babylon and the Israelite people, particularly with the city of Jerusalem. Do you know what happened 600 years before? Babylon conquered Jerusalem. Do you remember that? They besieged them. And you also remember um, King Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king of Babylon at the time, he brought back uh, young Jewish men who were strong, that were smart, to serve in his kingdom. Do you remember four of their names? Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay, that's good, right? So listen to me. So these guys, they were brought back. I mean, this is called the exile. I don't have time to read it, but if you go to Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar puts Daniel, remember Daniel had favor from God? Remember Daniel was blessed. He ruled a huge part of the Babylonian kingdom under, uh, under the, the main leaders, Nebuchadnezzar. You remember, if you read Daniel chapter 2, that Daniel was put in charge of wise men, of magi, all right? This is interesting. So 600 years before these magi show up and they see Jesus, they, is it possible, listen, that, that Daniel, when he is overseeing these magi, is it, is it possible, we know he oversaw them, is it possible that Daniel told the story to them? Is it possible that Daniel told them that a Messiah was going to come? See, the prophet Isaiah was 100 years before um, Daniel. Is it possible that he told these other guys under him, these magi, that there was going to be a Messiah born in Israel through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, through the lineage of King David, that would be the greatest king Israel ever saw that would rule and reign? I guarantee you Daniel told these guys about this, all right? So when these guys see a star that is shining in the sky brighter than all the other stars, remember, they didn't have TV, they didn't have smartphones, they're looking at the stars, they see something they have never seen before. Some theologians even believe that Daniel, he had certain magi throughout these 600 years that were to be watching for one particular, something unusual in the sky, and that that would be a sign that God was trying to show them this was a Messiah. That's pretty cool, right? So they're looking up in the sky. They see a star. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit leads them to follow this. This is awesome. How awesome is God's character? These guys, again, were probably not monotheistic. These guys were not Hebrews or Jews, yet God allows them to be there and see the Messiah. I think that's pretty awesome. Come on. What else I think is awesome is God has allowed us to be a part of what God has done in the redeeming of the earth. First of all, most of us in here, we do not have uh, Jewish descent, okay? Most of us would be considered Gentiles a few thousand years ago. Thank God that, that we were crafted in. Amen? Not only were we grafted in, but the Bible says that we're called to help God be a part of reconciliation to the world. We get a part to play in telling others about Jesus. That's pretty cool too. Back to these magi. Talk about faith. These guys had faith. They saw a star. They felt the impression of God, and they began to follow it, and they saw the greatest thing the world has ever seen. I don't know about you, but I want faith like that. 
You know, sometimes as Christians, particularly living in this time and this place, with all the technological advances, with technology, with Bibles, with Bible commentary, with hundreds if not thousands of Bible translations, um, with proof that Jesus really did live. He was a historical figure. He really did live. He really did get crucified. He really did raise from the dead three days later, and he really did ascend back to the Father. Those are verifiable truths. Yet with all of the things that we have today, sometimes we have less faith than we should. I'll be honest, sometimes in my life, I have less faith than I should. Sometimes we don't follow God as well as we should. Anybody honest here today? I can follow God better. I can draw nearer to God. Amen? We can read the Bible, how God wants us uh, to live. We can listen to Pastor John's preaching. We can feel God tell us to do certain things, but a lot of times we don't obey God 100%, maybe because we don't trust him 100%. These guys in the Bible, not just the Magi, these characters, they don't have what we have today. Right? We have, we have the full you know, canon of Scripture. We know the miracles of Jesus. Yeah, we see a lot of these characters in the Bible, they followed God and they may have had just a couple of Old Testament books. It's 2023. We have all the proof that we need. I want to encourage you today. Let's increase our faith. Let's draw near to God. Let's ask God that God would grant us grace to have more faith. Amen? Now is the season to draw near to Jesus. Now is the season God wants to increase our faith. These magi didn't understand everything, but they trusted God. Come on, we're not going to understand everything either in our life. You're not, but we trust the one who holds our life in his hands. We trust God for the plan that he has for us. You know, God can see the beginning to the end and the end from the beginning. God loves us more than we love ourselves. Come on, the enemy, the greatest thing the enemy can do is try to get between you and God, and he does that by trying to get our faith not in God. That's what he tries to do. The enemy wants to steal your faith. There's two primary ways that I believe sometimes in our life our faith is lacking or two reasons why sometimes it's hard to trust God. The first way it's sometimes it can be hard to trust God is when you go through a personal tragedy in your life. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust, right? All of us at some point in time in our life, you're going to go through something in your life that you don't understand. It's a death. It's a relationship problem. It's a lost job. It's... It could be several different things. And the enemy wants to lie to you. The enemy wants to tell you that God is not real. God does not care. Look at this. Why are you following God? God cares about other people and not you. Has the enemy ever lied to you before? If, if you say no, then you're believing a lie right now. The enemy is trying to lie to us every single day. You know, on Wednesday, um, I went, uh, I had a funeral that I did. Um, and all funerals are sad. This one was particularly sad, and it hurt. It was a, a baby that uh, was born and only lived two or three days. Sad. Young parents. My message to them was, number one, I'm so sorry. There's nothing that I can just say that's going to help you. This hurts. But God is good. God is faithful. And God is going to help you walk through this. Amen. Come on, we live in a fallen world. There is nothing bad in, you know, at the beginning there was no sin. In heaven there's no sin. But while we live on this earth, even though Jesus helps us, he gives us the Holy Spirit, he's made us more than overcomers, unless Jesus tarries, we will all face a premature death. 
whether you live to be 70 or 120 years old, that's a premature death. Amen? Listen, the good news is even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God is faithful. God will carry you. God will help you. God will give you grace to walk through your storm. When you go through something hard, do not pull away from God. Draw near to God. You have to draw near to God. He's the only one that can bring you fulfillment. Your pain pills can't help you. Your anxiety medication cannot help you. It may help you temporarily, but to heal your heart, no pill can do that. It's Jesus. No amount of alcohol can heal your heart. It's only Jesus. Amen. The second reason we don't trust God fully at times is because our walk with God is not as vibrant as it used to be or should be. I can speak from personal experience. I can let cares in the busyness of the world steal my passion for God. Man, particularly during this season, man, we can get so caught up in just buying the right gift and, and the, the just money, am I going to have enough this and doing this and following our kids around that we can allow the, just the cares of the world to steal our passion from God. Now is the season. Don't let the cares of the world steal your passion. Draw near to God. We need to be closer to God today than we've ever been before. Y'all, look at the news. Not Don't look at the news all the time because you're just going to hear, to me, I think a lot of propaganda going all the way around. But there's wars, there's rumors of wars, and there's no telling what could happen. I, and you know, here's the deal, too. You know, right now with the thing that's going on in Israel, you know, there's, there's a, a, a uh, mosque. It's called the Dome of the Rock. You know what that is? That's right where the temple mound is. How hard would it be for an earthquake or a bomb or something to hit this temple mound? Listen, when it gets rebuilt, it's going to be the, the new temple, and there's going to be an antichrist that walks in. That could happen any day, not to get you scared, but to get you seeking after God. Right? There's people that are so confused that are, that are out there. Man, God doesn't need us confused. God needs us ready and willing and able to be used by him. Listen, I don't have all the answers. Pastor John has more than I do, but he doesn't have all the answers. We don't have to know all the answers. There's a good God. There's a bad devil. Jesus, just like he came, he will return. And Jesus wants us to be faithful, and he wants us to tell others about him. Amen? Let's be faithful even when we don't know the answers. The second thing that the Magi did is they followed a star for a long time, right? Follow me here. If these Magi, if they came from Babylon, right, and there were, say, just three of them or five of them, and they came alone, this journey is over 900 miles. They, it would have taken them four to six months. Have you ever went on a four- or six-month hike? Me either, if they would have brought like a caravan with them, which they probably would have seven or eight months. That's a long time. Now, if they came from Persia, you're talking about seven or eight months if they came alone or upwards of a year if they came with families, which I'm pretty sure they did. Some Bible scholars think that they came further east from Arabia. If you came from Arabia, you're talking a year and a half to two years to show up uh, where Jesus was. Either way, that's a long time. What I want you to see is this. This was not a day trip that they went on. They didn't have cars. They didn't have buses. They didn't have airplanes. They traveled hundreds and hundreds of miles on foot. And if they had kids with them, oh, my gosh. Come on. 
these guys were not probably Jews. Like I said, they're not Hebrews. They didn't come out of religious obligation. They wanted to understand what was happening. They wanted to be a part of something great. Even if their journey, they didn't understand everything, they were committed. During this journey, months or years, how many times do you think that they wanted to go back home? Man, we'll go on a trip to Dallas, and I'm ready to come back home. And I'm like, New Boston. Uh, last, last weekend, uh, my family and I, we weren't here. Whitney and I took three of our kids, and we went to Mexico, and we did uh, a, a marriage night, and then I did a men's conference, and, and it was great. But we traveled with three kids, um, and, man, it was, it was hard. It was hard, right? Listen, there was something inside of these magi that was saying, it's going to be worth it. Don't give up. Don't turn back. Don't go that way. Don't go that way. Keep going. They followed a star for six months to two years. Come on, that's got to be our, our, our slogan for this season. Do not go up. Do not give up. Do not slow down. Do not look to the left or the right. Do not give in. Follow Jesus. If you were to look at Western culture today or Christianity today as a whole, it doesn't seem like we follow Jesus very consistent sometimes. Jesus at times can be our main priority, but then at other times, we haven't read our Bible or prayed consistently in a week or two weeks. Come on. I'm not just, I'm not just talking at y'all. I'm talking at us. Sometimes Jesus, man, we can be so in tune and so digging in, and then busyness and different things happen, and oh my gosh, like I haven't spent the last two or three days, I haven't even read my Bible. Think of how much these guys would have missed out on if they stopped halfway. But for 2,000 years, we've been telling their story. Come on, you and I cannot quit. Following Jesus can be hard. Did you know that? If you're doing it right, because there's a culture that hates Jesus. And if you're following Jesus, the culture at some point in time is going to push back towards you. Because how you do marriage is different than the culture. How you raise your kids is different than the culture. What you think of right and wrong is different than the culture. But I'm here to tell you it's worth it. Godly standards are worth it. Following the Bible is worth it. Going, go, being the only one in your friend group or at your, at your work that won't do this, that, or the other, it is worth it to obey him. Throughout the Bible, God wants to see our faithfulness and our commitment to him. Do you agree? God wants to see if we're willing to put time, effort, energy, and money into following him. And listen, sometimes following him is difficult it is, but it's worth it every single time. Abraham waited 25 years for the promised son. God tells Noah to build a boat that takes about 100 years to complete. You got Joshua and Caleb that are wandering around in the desert for 40 years before they inherit the promise. God is all about pouring out his blessing and his spirit and his favor, but it doesn't come cheap and it does not just come easy. God gave you salvation for nothing. All you got to do is repent. But if you want to live an overcoming life, you are going to have to seek God. I'm going to have to seek God. Amen. I'm going to have to walk the straight and narrow that is hard at times. Come on. How many guys from the east would have came if it was just a two-day journey? Come on. How many people saw the star and didn't come? How many people saw the star and went for a week or two and then turned back around? I don't want to be that person. I want to be the person that is faithful and committed, and I know you do too as well. 
And I'm not talking about being perfect, but I'm talking about I'm following God. I'm coming after God. If I mess up, I'm going to repent. I'm going to get back up. I'm going to ask God to just help me not fall into that again. I want to see God do great things in my life and your life as well. You know, maybe today some of you have quit on the journey. Maybe you haven't been following God as with your whole heart like you used to. Come on, no condemnation in Christ at all, but let's start following that star again. Let's do what the Lord told us to do again. Let's open that Bible again. Let's pray again. Let's witness again. Let's go talk to that person about Jesus. Let's forgive that person. Amen? It is worth it to follow Jesus. Let's commit to following him. There's seven more days, you know, until we celebrate the birth of Christ. And don't get into it with me about what day he was actually born. We celebrate, we're celebrating the birth of Christ. Amen? Over the next seven days, let's draw near to Jesus. Let's read our Bible. Read, read the nativity story to your kids. Go back and read the Old Testament prophecies that prophesied about Jesus. Giving your kids a, a great gift is awesome. But, man, giving your kids a love for Christ is even better than that. Let's keep going. The third thing in the story that sticks out to me is that the Magi brought gifts. They didn't just bring any gifts, but they brought valuable gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These were gifts of royalty. Y'all know what gold is, right? $2,000 an ounce is worth a lot. Frankincense, it's a type of incense. They burned it in the temple. You think about myrrh, it's a type of oil, very expensive, okay? Um, these were the best gifts. Um, how many people have ever got a bad gift before? Those of you that didn't raise your hand, you're the ones that give bad gifts. I'm just kidding, but probably for real. Uh, listen, I can remember uh, getting a gift from a, 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 one of my aunts way back when I was younger, probably six or seven years old. A very sweet lady. She mailed us gifts um, to, to all of us in the family. She gave my, my parents really nice ashtrays. Problem is they didn't smoke. Um, I got this extra large uh, Mickey Mouse like sweatshirt that came down like almost to my ankles, right? Maybe she meant to send it to, to other people, okay? It was, an, you know, kind of an unusual gift there. But listen to me. Um, the gifts that the Magi brought, it wasn't like a $20 bill and a card, happy birthday. They gave something that cost something. They, and not only did it cost something, was it expensive, but they brought it on a six-month to two-year journey. Come on. This is a season that we need to give Jesus our best. The Magi gave them something that was worth something. It wasn't cheap and it wasn't leftovers. Sometimes, again, if you're like me, we can give God our leftovers. God, here's my leftovers with my time, my talent, my energy. How many times, I mean, I'll be honest, man, how many times have I, man, got up real early and, and, you know, spent time with God? A lot. How many times have I got up early and not spent time with God, and then as I'm about to fall asleep, I'm all like, oh, I need to spend time with God. God, I love you, and I fall asleep. That's not giving God my best. It's giving God a little bit, but that's a leftover. Come on. God wants a, the best gift. Not only did they bring these precious gifts, but they brought Two years of worship coming to come after him. Did you know that when we spend time with God, when we love God, when we, uh, are, 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 we you know, love others around us, that that's worship unto God? When we obey God, that's worship unto God? John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So when we forgive, when we tithe, when we love our enemies, that's worship unto God. 
A question to ponder today is, am I bringing him a good gift with my life? I think there's three primary things that Jesus wants from us. And it all has to do with not material things. Number one, Jesus wants our heart. Amen? Jesus created us with free will. You don't have to pick Jesus, but he wants you to. He wants to save you and restore you. If you're here today and you've never repented of your sins, the greatest thing that you could give Jesus is your heart. Next thing he wants is our obedience. He, not, he doesn't just want you to know what you're supposed to do. He wants you to do it. Faith without works is dead. If God's called you to do something, you need to do it. If, God, if you say God hasn't told me to do anything, just read through the Bible. It's very clear what God expects out of you and I. Number three, he wants our worship. Number four, he wants our time. Set aside time to spend with God. Number five, he wants souls. He wants you and I to reach out to people. You're not here just waiting to go to heaven one day. You're here as an offensive player on Team Jesus to tell people about the reconciliation that God has for the world. Did you know that none of, none of us are responsible for saving somebody? Billy Graham has saved nobody in his life. He, he planted seeds, others water, God brings a harvest. Your job isn't to make anything grow, but it's to tell people about him. Come on. Another thought on this before I hit the last point. These magi brought gifts. As I said, they're not Jewish, I don't think. But you remember when the magi, they show up in J Jerusalem. They ask King Herod, like, man, you know, they're kind of asking questions. What does Herod do? He goes and gets the religious leaders and teachers. He's going and getting the priests and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They go back and look at Scripture, at what Isaiah said, at what Micah said, where Jesus is to be born. They pointed them in the right direction. The Magi show up. The Magi bring gifts. What do the religious leaders bring? Nothing. Does your nativity scene have religious leaders all around? No, because they weren't there. These guys came from way away to see Jesus. These guys wouldn't come a couple days to look for Jesus. Sometimes religious people, we can be around Jesus but not know him. And we can fight against the very things that God wants to do. Before I hit this last point again, number one, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, these magi probably showed up a day or two after, maybe a week after Christ was actually born, okay? Uh, don't punch me on that. You don't have to change your nativity scene. The, those guys look good in, the, in where they are. But remember, after they show up, remember, Joseph in a dream is warned to go do what? To flee. Why does he need to flee? Because Herod wants to kill Jesus. And so he sends a decree to kill all the boys, all the babies. Say so they go to Egypt like immediately, maybe in the first week or two, month, they go to Egypt. Do you know how long they're in Egypt? Until Herod dies is what the Bible says. So three or four years they're in Egypt. I don't know about you, but if I had to flee right now with my family, um, I probably don't have enough money put aside to go stay somewhere for four years. How do you think that they were able to provide for that? Well, what did the Magi just bring? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Listen to me. Their obedience to go and to give was probably a lot more important than they thought. It's the same thing for us. God does not tell you to do something because it has no point. Every time God tells you to do something, it has a point. Your faithfulness to God today 
to bless God and to bless others is going to bless you and help you and help others and bless God tomorrow. Amen. Here's the last point I want to make today before we, we close up that the Magi did. After they met Jesus, they went a different route home. Remember, Herod wanted to kill Jesus. And these guys weren't going to go back to Herod. They went a different route. This signifies when you meet Jesus, your life changes. The road that you were on changes. Amen? These guys, I believe, came in as guys that worship multiple gods. I think they left as Christ worshipers. When you meet the Messiah, your life changes. You don't want to keep going the route you were going. You want to follow Jesus. Amen? I want to ask you a question. Has your route changed since you followed Jesus? Can you remember when you were first saved and, and you begin to just allow God to transform your life? It's awesome, right? Did you know that God didn't just do a transformation thing whenever you were saved for me 20 years ago? There's things that God is continuing to transform and sanctify in my own life, right? When we love Jesus, we make room for Jesus in our life, and we start saying yes to things of God and no to the things of the world. And God gives us grace to do it. Are you grateful for that? These magi went a different way home because they knew Jesus was real, and no amount of money, prestige, whatever titles could Herod give them were they willing to sell Jesus out for. Come on, we can't sell Jesus out with our lifestyle. Do not sell him out. Do not give in. Do not halfway do this thing because it's worth it if you will do it with your whole heart. Amen? As the band's coming up um, this afternoon now, um, I want to pray in just a second. But we've talked about a lot of things. But I want you to know that there's grace to follow him. There's grace to live for him. There's grace to tell others about him. And there is grace to prioritize your life so that you can give him your very best. Amen? This season, there's a lot of busyness going on, and that's not bad. I mean, boosting the economy, how many people know we need that? Yes and amen. But do not get so caught up in wrappings and stars and lights that you miss Jesus. Do not let your kids miss Jesus. Amen. I want you to pray with me. Lord, right now, we just want to say that we love you so much. Jesus, you being born 2,000 years ago was a big deal, and it is a big deal today. God, I pray that we would create room in our hearts to follow you, to love you. Lord, we need you so much. God, I thank you for the Magi. I thank you for their faithfulness and their willingness to come to you to bring gifts. And God, I pray that right now in 2023 that we would come to you. We would bring gifts. God, we would give you our whole heart. Just lift your hands to the Lord where you're at. Lord, just pray with me. Say, Lord, help me right now. Help me focus my attention on you. God, help me draw near to you. Anything in my life that is separating me from you, God, I pray that you would reveal it and you would give me grace to overcome it and to come near to you. Lord, we love you so much. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, before, before you leave, I want you to listen to me just, just a second. You know, I, I was wondering why God uh, sent a star in the sky, you know, a few thousand years ago to mark the coming of the Savior. I'm like, why would he do that, you know? Well, back in the day, I mean, they didn't have news channels. They didn't have social media to see breaking news. God sent a star to get their attention. Amen? I wonder today whose attention Jesus is trying to get. 
maybe you're in here and you feel a little bit like the Magi. You heard a story, you see a star, and you're curious. And I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus is more than he's cracked out to be. He's more than what you've heard. Jesus is greater than anything that you've ever heard, good or bad. Come on, Jesus is God's son. Jesus came. He lived a perfect life. Jesus performed miracles. Jesus healed people. Jesus cast out demons. Jesus is a friend of sinners. And he wants to save your life today. That's a great God that we serve. You know, I've said this earlier, but in the beginning, God created everything perfect. Sin came in. We've all chosen to sin. And because of sin, we were separated from God. During the Old Testament, thousands of years of animal sacrifice because there has to be blood to atone for sin. If there is no blood, you cannot be forgiven and you cannot be saved. You cannot be restored. You cannot go to heaven. But again, the blood of an animal only did what? Covered sin. Jesus came and his blood took away sin. Why? Because he committed no sin. He died on the cross as sin, so you and I would have an advocate that would petition for us that we could be in right standing before God. That when God sees us on judgment day, he'll see Jesus and not our sin. That's a good, good thing. Jesus came to the earth. He did a lot of great things, but he came to die. And the Bible says that you can be saved by repenting of your sin. Repent means to turn away from your sin and to turn and follow Jesus. The Bible also says that we have to believe. Believe in what? That Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus lived a perfect life, he died a brutal death, he was raised from the dead, and he atones for your sins. If you're here today and you've never put your trust in Jesus, you've never been saved, I'm here to tell you, you can make the greatest decision ever. And when you celebrate Christmas, Christ worship, in about seven days, you will have more fulfillment than getting the greatest trampoline that you could ever get. If you're in this place today, and you need to be saved, today's your day to do it. If you need to make a step towards Christ, you need to come towards Jesus, I'm gonna start here like Pastor John. I want you to raise your hand, and quickly, I'm gonna pray for you. I need to get my life right. I need to pray. I want Jesus to, to fill me. I want him to help me. Raise your hand real quick. I'm gonna move fast. I need to get right with Jesus. I need to get right with him. Amen. I see you right there. I see you right there, Rachel. Praise God. I need to get right with Jesus. Amen. I need to get right. I need to get right. Amen. I see you, brother. Amen. I need to get right with Jesus today. I need to get right. I want to be sure that my sins are forgiven. I want to be sure that I'm going to spend eternity with Christ. This section right here, I need to get right with Jesus today. I need to get right. Amen. 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 Right there, I see you. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Here's what I want to do. I want us to stand on our feet. I want everyone to raise their hand to meet Pastor Mike here at the cross. Give them a round of applause one more time. I want our prayer team to come up right now. If you need prayer for anything, we want to pray for you. Right? Pastor Zach's going to go into just one minute of a worship song, then he'll dismiss you. Let's raise our hands one more time. Lord, I pray that you would help us follow you and follow you well during this season. Bless your people. Thank you for living for us. Thank you for dying for us in Jesus' name. Amen. The prayer team is here. If you need prayer, I want to meet you at the cross if you raise your hand.